Hello and welcome to a new episode of Let Creativity Podcast. This is your host, Alicia K. Hurst. Today's guest is Claudia Getzelman. She's a photographer who has traveled the world. She is an end-of-life doula, which she will explain what that is. And she is also a spiritual coach with a business called Permission to Bloom, focused on helping women enter their midlife years gracefully and authentically and as full as life as possible. And as I think you'll see during our conversation, Claudia is not only an end-of-life doula, I think she's she's really a doula of transitions. Uh, she exudes compassion for humanity and she gives lots of wisdom, not only about the creative process, the photography world, the end-of-life uh, timing for people and what that's what that is she really she gives wisdom of life in general um, you are in for a treat so without further ado Claudia gets Welcome Claudia Getzelman to the show. Claudia is a photographer and so much more as we were just talking a little bit before getting started and she's going to explain that throughout our conversation. But Claudia, I'd like to ask you if you could give us a taste of your journey with creativity from when you were younger till now, um, any supports, any um, uh, struggles, Whatever comes to mind when I ask you that. Well, first of all, thank you um, for having me. I'm excited to connect and speak with you. Oh. Um, creativity. Yeah, I think creativity is sort of, it's something we, we nurture. Some people may have, have it from the beginning on. Maybe it's already nurtured in their family environment. Um, but I think I inherently believe that everybody creative and can produce amazing things um i had my first camera when i was four years old oh wow um, yeah um i'm currently in germany and my dad kept it it was a little old kodak camera oh that's and, you know push it was really yeah so it was, it's really um heartwarming to see and i think that really sort of got me started i guess my parents were like here's your camera and you can take pictures very cool. And do you remember just, did you like take to it right away? You just love taking pictures from four years? Yeah, I, I, I loved it. And then as I grew up, every um, money I had, I would, I had bought a little camera, better camera, and I would go on this. Um, aside from being, being creative, I also have a travel bucket. <laughs> <laughs> my entire life but the moment I had a chance to go travel and like had the money or old enough to go places I would take my camera and go in around Europe and I mean I have so many boxes and boxes and boxes of photos of <laughs> film and slides and I don't I don't know what to do with them <laughs> well, <They're> prolific. <laughs> that's amazing so it sounds like right off the bat your parents were supportive of of you expressing yourself through creative means and then you, you took it no yes yes no because my parents were like well this is your hobby oh you, i see you know my mom she's like if you make this your job you're gonna kill it you're gonna hate it so it's better to keep this as your hobby mm. and so i i went to stu and started studying law oh and <laughs> like <laughs> so not me um <laughs> That's a hard shoe to fit on when you, when you like the other, like when you like taking photos and I mean, law is so different, I would imagine. I don't know, maybe yeah. there's a connection somewhere. <laughs> no, but you know, sometimes you have to also t do these things just for you to realize it's really not you. And there were never, ever, I had to doubt that this is just not for me. This, I, I've never had to question it ever again. Mm -hmm. I'm not an office person. I'm not a nine to five person and paper and law and rules. I mean, I live by the law, but <laughs> you know, I do work in an 
in that environment, I just like, no, it's not me. So despite my parents were like, you should, I decided to not do that. I like that you brought that up too, because that is a lot of common reactions to creative expression is that, oh, it's not going to be your job. It's just going to be a hobby or it's not something that you can make a living at. It's something that, you know, you can just have fun with. Yeah, it was interesting. I actually thought about this a lot because my mom was so convinced that just, you know, she was, she was like, no, this is, you're going to hate it. Um, but I really think it's a gift to do and call it your job, mm-hmm. make money with something you're so passionate about. And when you're truly passionate about something, it will shine through and people will recognize it because it's that energy coming through whatever you do I don't do it half-heartedly I've never actually thought of it as a job per se and maybe there's you know assignments where like "Mm, okay kind of boring but there's always that element of creation and creating and coming together and you know I'm a very big collaborator and photography is a collaborative undertaking because you have a whole crew you know everybody has their specialties from hair makeup styling set design and you come together and you know art direction creative whatever the whoever the client is you bring this you make these images these ideas somebody had dreamt up you make them real you bring them you know alive it was like bursting these these ideas and for me that is it is a gift like that i can look back and be like wow i know what i want to do i know i got to do it and i went there i I dared I I just believed that this is what I need to do yeah I love that too that that you're because it sounds like the alternative was was living a life that you just it was painful to to actually think about doing something else when you know when you're so strong about how you feel about something and how you love about something I'm guessing the alternative of trying to fit in to another lifestyle is it's just painful <laughs> yeah and then wouldn't that be all be set up to fail because if you're not in it then you become miserable and then you're on that slippery slope right with yourself with your environment with maybe with your beloved with your family who knows and so I think it's so it's so so important when we I would say to somebody who's starting out and just getting ready to set up their life, like, what is it? What drives you? Find it. Maybe trying, if you don't have clarity, try different things, but find your passion and mm. then really go for it. I think that's, you know, wow, that's the incredible, most incredible gift. Yeah, I totally agree. Experimenting with, uh, well, I say experimenting, but yeah, trying out different things to see what, mm. what, really helps bring you joy and that I mean because when you speak about it like your whole body is lighting up (laughs) you can tell like there's no yeah you're totally aligned with what you're what you love so when you started when you're like okay I want to be a photographer how did you start off um well so as I have also as I mentioned this travel book um my partner boyfriend at that time we decided to move to Africa from Germany and um, I was like okay that's awesome and I'm going to be a photographer so I started photographing uh, tribal people and I portraits and that's really how I got into it and um, that it led to an exhibit in Munich was in the Munich Stock Exchange and the ambassador of Nigeria because it's where we were based out of came and then sort of it went on to the next then we moved to um, Indonesia mm. and then I morphed into travel photography I would go to resource resorts and hotels and would travel around the region amazing then, yeah it sort of evolved there was really this evolving from you know where it, might, it was really also a, a creative journey um, and then I moved to Singapore where banking city money there was a lot of annual reports to be photographed and I really started photographing a lot of CEOs oh 
that's a total change. (laughs) So when you said it's a creative journey, because I'm thinking you're, you meant um, not just the photography is a creative journey, but the, the moving and the, and the experiencing different cities is a creative journey and, and morphing to uh, from tribal people to CEOs. Uh, or did you mean no, something else? No, yeah, it was a creative journey, but it was also a creative journey in, in the field of the photography because first I was in an environment what was in front of me were tribal people and I love people I'm a people person and I really it was incredible to connect with these people we didn't speak the same language and they trusted me and would pose for me and just you know so simple and so gorgeous and then um then I was in Asia and I was like okay I still would go into islands and meet tribal people and take pictures but I also needed to make some money so I would go and do this would photograph resorts and hotels and then with the CEOs I almost felt I came back to the portrait I came back to the human I came back to that connection of like really just sitting with somebody in front of me and opening up because it's similar to I mean not not the same but it's funny when I've never actually said that you know the tribal people they're shy they're like who are you and the CEOs they're like I have five minutes I'm I'm out of here you know make it quick there would be a PR agency involved they're like well you know he doesn't have much time and then you connect and it was was funny because also actually photography is still up to now pretty much a male oriented position oh yeah I think it's maybe 70% male and 30% women I didn't realize that yeah so especially in Asia there would be like they would expect a man and not a woman and then they would be like well where's the photographer oh. and like me <laughs> and so they're like what and suddenly you're like, wow, who are you? Who are you? And I mean, there were so many incredible moments that they would just chill out and the PR agent was pushed out because they were like, they had all the time in the world to, to talk to me. And then we took all these photos. That's beautiful that you were able to cut through all of that and, and really get to the person at the end of the day um, yeah. and not just their title and uh, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you, and, and I think that that is truly a gift. Uh, to be able to do that yeah and you know it's still I mean I as I mentioned I used to live in San Francisco for a long time so I would also photograph a lot of um, um, CEOs or corporate people in the Bay Area and similar you know I think as a woman it's just a different energy when you walk into the room than when it's a male photographer there's no judgment it just is Mm -hmm. And when, you know, then there's still maybe a little bit of a stigma. It's a, you know, you carry and have a lot of equipment. So suddenly there comes a woman and maybe there's more of an intrigue and maybe there's more of a trust. You know, masculine energy is much more competitive when there's a male photographer. So it's it's just these little nuances. I have found that as a woman, I could connect on a different level with my subject. That's, that's wonderful. And do you have any advice for any women photographers that want to get into the field? To just really be passionate and believe in yourself. And even if it's hard, you know, if you really, really, it's like with everything. If you really, really want something, we're going to make it happen. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's a very interesting um, profession right now because the way photography is perceived the way photography is bought and and consumed is changing and has been changing and I think right now because of COVID again there was a very big change because you know there was advertisement now we're basically all on our phones on our computers or you know um, whatever iPads so the way photography is bought by a client just changing so it's it's almost becoming more of a commodity Mm. but 
there is still you know the 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 space if you are really good and you are creative and you have a very clear visual voice then you have to you know stand out the, there is I think that's wonderful uh advice there is I I wish I could remember names but I remember looking on Instagram and there was a photographer during COVID who didn't have anything to do so she she made environments out of like the bed sheets and then like put little toy uh miniature like people within the environments of the bed sheets and then photographed that <laughs> I think I've seen that actually. It was all miniature. Everything yes. was miniature setups. Yeah, I've seen it. I forgot the name as well. I thought uh, that it's was so creative. cool. Right. Yeah. Like, if you could you can really make anything out of anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an awesome idea to keep it going and keep your truth flowing. And yeah, I think that we have this urge to create. It's just sometimes I really just have to shoot something and I have to, I, you know, I have a million ideas and I have to just dream it up and then I'm like, I have to do it. So it's this, this, this creative energy inside of us. So maybe she had that and she's like, I need to do this. And then right. it's this beautiful project. Yes. <laughs> also, and I just want to uh, kind of go off on a, a different, um, it's connected, but the, I just wanted to point out that the word shoot, like it, it's used in such a beautiful manner with photography. When you shoot someone, you're bringing life to them and you're expanding the beauty of a person or a place or or you're shining a light on something as opposed to shooting and killing someone or something. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to point out, you know, even in that, uh, just that word can be used differently. Um, it can be, you can create something destructive or you can create something, you know, that brings life. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't, sometimes I go back and forth on this word shooting. <laughs> um, maybe capturing is also another oh, good word you know, because yeah. you really capture a moment in time, which will never come. And it's frozen in that on the, in our digitally. Right. And, I like that word too. Yeah, you know, and it's whatever, even you can see the soul or you can see the, the expression in the eyes and how much if I connect with that person, how open the eyes is and the, and the eyes, there's so much and then everything changes in the face. You know, it's this, I think it's really has a lot to do with trust because mm. we have to establish a trust and this has to happen in a fraction of a second. And it's, you know, what we so well we do that as humans we don't often don't think about it but it is and then we're together in this almost done tunnel and then we take the pictures <laughs> and that yes and so i like i love that you brought that up too because you're capturing you're capturing the connection between you two when uh, and you're capturing that trust which um yeah, I think that's important to point out too. It's not just the person in the environment. It is that that connection that you have to make. And I bet that's hard to do sometimes too when you have a short amount of time. It is and it isn't. You know, when I go on, on sets, I usually always connect with the person I photograph um, in advance, like when they get ready for in the makeup chair or so. I always talk to them. And even if it's models, I do that because models, you know, they have to, they're much more comfortable in front of the camera, but they still, you know, they then maybe have come like as a sort of a, their, their routines. They mm-hmm. just do the way they, they, they move because this is what they asked them or from past jobs. So I, I just like to connect and just chit chat and be like, you know, tell them about me a little bit and ask them about them and then we're oh. more comfortable in front of the camera right and get out of those routines oh yeah. I never thought about the routines with uh moving with different that that makes sense and then helping them get out of the that routine and move naturally is that what you're saying mm-hmm. too? yeah because you know we we do we have to connect like when when I say can you you know do this or do this and she's like or he, she, whoever it is, 
like, what is she talking about? Oh, I don't, you know, I don't even know this person. And now she's buzzing me around. <laughs> <laughs> right. You <laughs> never know, right? We come into these, we bring all of our life stories into these sets. You know, we stop our lives, whatever happened in the moment before we entered the studio or the location. You know, you had a fight with your husband. Maybe you, you, your child spilled the, 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 the tea. You know, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, right, what could happen. And then we're here. And then we do. We have to leave everything behind and we have to connect because we're here to do this job and we're here to create. So we have to be present. And I feel... That would make a really good picture if we can achieve that and we can establish this trust. Yeah. No. And then I want to just one more thing. Um, and that's actually also because I have to be very, I'm prepared, right? But then when I feel that I have established this connection, then I can let go of all of that and then I can be creative. Oh, that's a juicy one. Because I've talked to a lot of people about their process and there is, there is that baseline of needing to know like the basic techniques and, and being prepared. And then there is that element of at one point, then you can just let, like it comes naturally. Like those yeah. techniques are automatically going to be in, involved in whatever comes in the flow afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to let go. It's you have then otherwise we cannot be creative. There's always this moment or space of not knowing. Mm. And that's when we step into the creative. Right. That's the true creative mm -hmm. process right yeah. there when yeah. you don't know. I love that. Uh so you start so you became a successful photographer and then then things changed, right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I still am. The right. I'm sorry. You are still. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, now because of COVID, there was photography was not necessarily not deemed essential. And it makes sense, you know, being in a studio with air condition. And I mean, all the, the shops were closed and nobody really wanted to be advertised. What, what was what advertising was there? So, but um, I've started this parallel journey, let's call it that, yeah. um, five years ago. I had this death. I, I, I had a um, personal experience. I melted down. I went into crisis and I, I like to say the old self of myself died. And then I reburst through this process, my now new old self because maybe there's some parts of my younger version but then also my new who I am now just came that birth hmm. and so I was very interested uh, I became very interested in the topic of death because my old self died <laughs> it's just the synchronicity I, I'm aside from being creative and having the trouble bug I'm also very curious I'm a curious being <laughs> so you dived into that topic yeah <laughs> and as you know as life has it so that I um it just presented itself and I did this education to become an end-of-life doula mm. and I don't do you know what that is so is I it so I'm I don't is it someone that sits with someone at the end of the life to make sure they have like a smooth transition, like yeah, on like a spiritual, emotional level? All of it, actually. I mean, you could hire me six, nine months before if you know you you are going to have maybe let's say you have cancer, and you want to really have all your things, whatever you know, sorted, or your family could hire me as an if I'm an end of life doula, and I would be there all the way to the very end but we would make a plan and how this would look like so you know from your legacy to your money to the actual moment of your death to the funeral to the after paperwork everything whatever your passing touches and so I would we would discuss this in detail and make plan and you know work in sessions together and find out what it really is you 
want and need and how you want to go about it. That's so important. And I, I mean, having a few, more than a few family deaths over the past uh, five or six years, I, that would have been a lifesaver in a lot of instances. Is this something that is, that you find, because I don't know if I've heard about it, is, is it a growing profession or is it? Yeah, it's pretty new actually. And it's, I think it's not completely in the mainstream, but I think if if you are looking for it, it will pop up. And I think it's a very important um, topic to discuss, and it's it's very close to my heart because we, as a society, have taken death away from the family and put it in the hospital. Mm-hmm. and made it even darker than it is. And when I mention that I would like to talk about this and would like to change the conversation around it, people usually shriek. And they're like, oh my God, Claudia, really? <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's actually, you have to be creative when you talk about this also, because it's, it's your life. And when we talk about death, we're not just talking about the actual passing and the end, but we're also talking about the life you lived and we're talking about how you loved. So there's all these beautiful aspects to this topic. Hmm. Um, now I lost my train of thought. I lost it. Well, I'm assuming too that your gift of connecting with people is really useful in that in that um, setting as well. And that because from what I saw from your pictures, you really do bring the life out. Um, and then when you're talking about end of life and you're talking about them, how they loved and lived, um, that that gift of, you know, even though you're doing it through photos um, in this setting, it sounds like you're doing it through conversations and planning and in a different manner. You're doing a, the mm. same thing in a different manner. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for <laughs> wording it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my journey went on. So I did this education and, but then I realized I don't really want to be literally at the end of the life. So then I did a spiritual life coach training And then I started um, Permission to Bloom, which is a coaching practice. And I work with women. And so then I thought, okay, I'm going to take these tools I've learned from the end of life, all these practices and what, um, what I would, you know, what I, how I would engage with people on the, and that as an end of life tool and bring it to the coaching. Um, so, and then now I'm merging the photography into this as well. I'm bringing all my gifts together. That's and, amazing. And I think as I'm giving myself this permission to bloom as this new person I have become and I'm still becoming, I'm helping and working with women also to give themselves the permission to bloom. So when you say permission to bloom and specifically with women, what exactly are you helping them do? I believe that um, midlife is a very interesting age and a lot of us suddenly have, you know, I think it doesn't matter, men, women, men, we often talk about the midlife crisis, maybe women also, but I don't think it's necessarily a crisis. I think it's a transition. I think it's just a, a focus or an uh, awakening, there's a reckoning that suddenly they're like, hmm, now what? Mm. Because maybe you have had an amazing, successful job. You have reached the top. Your kids have occupied all of your last 15 years and suddenly they're like, bye. And there's suddenly this emptiness. They're like, well, we're, we're, we don't go to bars anymore. We don't really go dance and all night I mean you know there's like it's not what you do when you were in your 20s then there was this family life and the career life and then suddenly there's this new period or transition into something else but I think we often don't have the tools 
And so we fall into a so-called crisis, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not. It's just about realizing who do I really want to be? Who do I need to be for this next phase of my life? So this is the work we're doing. We're looking, finding out, like say, you know, who do you want to be in five years? Maybe there's a whole new career. Maybe there's something you want to learn, study, something you've always dreamt about, but you couldn't do it because... You know, you went, life swapped you away in wherever you went with life. And suddenly you're like, hmm. So there's this, I think there's this nagging not in ourselves. And we don't have the tools and the language. And I help give our creative tools and the language. And then we burst it together and then we can bloom in the Oh. <laughs> And I'm, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about that word crisis and also your connection with the, the death process. Like it's actually a transition process. And I was wondering, you know, to me, when you, at that midlife point, it sounds like a person is dying in a way of their old self, um, rather than it being a crisis. But then I, it was interesting because in my mind, death kind of brings this heaviness to it. When you yeah. say I'm dying, it's like, well, isn't isn't that worse than a crisis? But as you're talking, it actually sounds more appropriate than the word crisis. Yeah, I think it's all about the language we use. And then it becomes, you know, a reframing. And well, do we want to stay in the negative mindset or this preconceived idea what society has put on let's say on the words or the process of death or should we really look at it and take it apart and see what it truly is let's say now this is not the big death it's a small death and you're letting go of your old version of your old self that is an amazing opportunity Mm. you're letting go of the parts which no longer work Mm -hmm. that means you also make space for new things to arrive because we have only so much capacity. And then when we have this new space, then we can think about what do we want to invite into this new space. And that while we're going through this process, we also really have to look at love and the life itself, at our values, at our core values. Who am I as a person? Who am I needing to be? What drives me? What makes me happy? You know, what makes me content? Um, how, how do I treat my body? What mm-hmm. environment do I want to live in? I mean, there's so many questions and we maybe often have ideas what that is and often and then again, often they're outdated and we're holding all on to old belief systems and constructs and that's what creates that knot and the unhappiness in, inside of us. But if we just sort of Let's see, like we can think about it maybe as a, um, a ball of wool and it's all messed up together and we just sort of detangle it slowly and we're finding, you know, this is that and this is that and we put it down, we write it out on paper and we're making a new roadmap. Oh, I love it. But also I, I love that the name Permission to Bloom too because you get this image of a flower blooming which a flower needs to or you know any plant uh it needs a healthy environment it needs healthy soil so all those things that you're mentioning are important for that for it to bloom also that uh that the just kind of the concept that you can bloom multiple times you don't bloom just once (laughs) no no it's um, i mean now the season right it's spring We're, we're starting the new cycle again and it's incredible to see the the passion of the the little tiny plants, you know, they're coming, they can't wait. Uh, they have all the right uh, nutrition in and they're ready to just burst. And it's the same with us. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting, like, why is it that we need to give ourselves this permission? Mm-hmm. You know, but there is something when we allow ourselves internally, or maybe we speak it out and like, I am giving myself this permission to um go on this trip i'm going to give myself this permission to go back to school and study whatever it is right i'm going to be a yoga teacher or who knows what it is right i cut my hair 
I'm going to be a whole new person. I'm going to have short, short hair from now on because and I step out of this idea what people and I myself think of myself. I'm just like shedding off this old skin. It's that rebirth. And I think it's so beautiful. There's something so yummy and lush to me to, to see people giving themselves the permission to step in their authenticity. Yes. Yes. Because that's life. You know, it's, it's when you get stuck and stagnant, you start to get moldy <laughs> for lack no, of a better true. word. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> and even that it's needed by nature, right? In winter and the fall, things get, get, get brown and moldy and, and yucky. And there's, you know, this decomposing process going on. And then it just needs to sit. It needs to rest. It needs to you know, we've frozen over and it becomes new material. Yes. So, so it's all okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes to waste. <laughs> Nothing. If you don't mind me asking, what helped you most through your transition, through your um, uh, letting go of, a, of an old self? Um, I think it was the allowing. I think the most... the really the the biggest shift happened when I allowed myself to feel miserable mm. I didn't push it down I was like okay when I was in the middle in the midst of of my death and rebirth and I had horrible days I was like okay I was just you know I befriended my dragons I befriended my my shadow and I because they're all part of me. Again, you're talking about the uh, mold. I mean, the shadows, right? We usually are like, oh my God, if, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with them. But they're all, all they want is be like, come on, Claudia, I'm part of you. Just, you know, there's this beautiful um, practice we can do when they come. We can name them because then we know who they are. We befriend them. Yeah. And then we can actually control them instead of them let's say anxiety comes over us and it swaps over and then we don't know we're caught in this anxiety. But if we know hmm, anxiety is coming, like I know where it's coming from. Hmm, okay. Then you can talk to your anxiety. Yeah. You can yeah. have a relationship with it rather yes. than <laughs> it being well, like this. Interesting. Because it's creative again, right? We have to just be creative about our own inner being of our own inner landscape and just step out of the norm and the form and learn about ourselves and just be learn yeah just look at it in a in a free flowing way and just that concept it changes the whole energy about the subject right because it's it's kind of like it's almost exciting like oh like what kind of relationship can I build with this part I really don't like like <laughs> yeah how's it gonna turn out <laughs> right the more we know ourselves the better right and we're like okay this is that again that's that old story just coming up and it's my ego mind who you know wants to control and keep me small but I know that so once we can identify all these voices within ourselves then you know we can form this relationship and uh, another thing about that, it doesn't have to be on a big scale too, right? It can be with the little things in life. I found myself trying to to um, challenge my thoughts with the little things in life. Like if I say, oh, I don't want to do that and I've never tried it, then I start challenging. I'm like, oh, okay, I should probably try it <laughs> rather than just shutting it down. Right. I think we, we almost need a sort of an edge. I think our, our inner our being wants to be challenged. I think we that's when we glow and we, we, we perform, we're just better, we just feel more alive. It's this question of aliveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. What well, makes us feel alive? I think there's alive and then there's thrive. Because mm. I think that, at least from my observations for myself and just looking out at people, um, I, I feel like we we have survived for a long time and we know how to live, but we don't know how to th like really thrive or in your like bloom. 
I don't know mm-hmm. if we really know what that means. Mm. The more we learn about our inner landscape and we become our own gardeners. Yeah. I think then we can know what makes us bloom. I think, yeah, I'm happy for humanity because I think we are learning how to be more alive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's so interesting because COVID really stripped so much away from the normal life. And there's so many little deaths and we have to grieve them and mourn them. But, But what really is left is that we, when I when I talk to people, they always say that I am missing meaningful connections, mm. and I miss my community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the essence of how we're wired. And when we learn that, then we can nurture these new relationships or old relationships and reach out, and that helps us also to attend to our inner garden. Oh, yeah. And that's so beautiful, too, because and it makes I mean, just practically, it makes sense. I I mean, whoever, if there is a higher power or higher self, I don't think they would have made a lot like billions of people on Earth if we weren't meant to connect. Right. <laughs> True. Yeah. And maybe we have lost that a little bit, that quality. Right. And because we live in cities but we're so focused on our phones and it's this false belief that we're connecting, but we really do. We miss it. We, we know it now. It's like, we want to touch. We seek touch. We seek eye contact. We see like physical presence near being near somebody, right? Going together to be, to be in a room with somebody, with others. We miss that. Yeah. We're made for that. We're not, we're not meant to be alone all the time. Mm-mm. and I'm so glad I mean and and just I was thinking about like the 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 powers of technology I was so grateful for it because we were able to set this up today even though you're in Germany I'm like that probably Mm. we wouldn't have been able to do this like 10 years ago probably (laughs) yeah it's incredible you know I I work with some women right now and um we're all around the world and it's really, you know, we have said this um, last week in a, in a session, we've just acknowledged to each other how we feel connected, despite that we just, just, you know, seeing each other and doing all this work via Zoom. And yet, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very powerful to, that we have this technology and we still can connect. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, I'm excited to see where it's going. Um, but I wanted to circle back around to, so what your, cause you said it kind of all connects to even in your photography, has your photography changed since all of like, all of these um, integrations have happened? Mm, I don't know if it necessarily has changed. I think I'm more aware. Mm of the process of connecting to others yeah. because I also have new words for it mm-hmm. even though it was I always did that and it was second nature and now I've brought awareness and consciousness to it and maybe because of that I feel I connect on a deeper level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now I'm also using the photography in permission to bloom and so it became a whole new tool of you know bring into um into 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 that kind of work oh do you mind and i know you mentioned this a little bit before we we started recording but do you mind speaking a little bit more about how you use it in permission to bloom the photography part well you know it's again i work with women and we're so hard on ourselves and I mean, we all know it. I do it. You do it probably. You know, you look in the mirror sometimes and you're like, oh my God, never ever I'm going to take a picture. This is it. <laughs> yeah. I'm always not, not, not going to leave the sunglasses. And that's, you know, oh, I'm like clever, not. And then there's all these stories in our head. And because we don't feel empowered, 
we feel because of all this what's going on on the outside social media you know you should be this and that and you should be this and you should be tall and you should be skinny and just you know and never age <laughs> so it's just amazing like for so much pressure what comes to us as a woman yeah what we should be and then when you actually feel aligned and good with yourself then you're like mm, okay it's actually not that bad yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's this instant, right? It says so much about how what's going on internally. It becomes a mirror, this photo. So I'm using the tool in that sense because I mean, I can take I can take a picture of you right now, and then we can talk about you and do a deep dive because you will share because it's with the me. mirror yeah yeah you will share with me you're like well you know i'm sorry but i didn't sleep so well last night you know my eyes are baggy we <laughs> all do that and then you take it down further and you know then the truth comes out you're like who knows where it will take us right so you it's know? a starting point to go mm -hmm. deeper inside the inner workings yeah. of the person oh i love that that's beautiful mm -hmm. Well, I like to end, or at least I like to ask uh, four main questions for everyone, if you don't mind me, about creativity. So the first one is, what do you love about creativity? It's free. It's the freedom. I Whatever I can dream up, this is my interpretation. But if I'm really creative and I don't put any restrictions, I could just dream up anything in my mind and then... I can make a plan to execute it. It's play. I get to be actually a child again. <laughs> I'm stepping into my, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven year old self because there, there was, there was no restriction, right? We're so free when we're playing. And I think this, I love that. And I nurture that. And I think we all should nurture our inner child and play all the time. Yes. Once, once I <laughs> right. I, I love that. I, doctors need to start prescribing that. Like that's, <laughs> I 100% agree. And then what do you hate about creativity? Sometimes I get overwhelmed by my ideas because I have so many mm. and I, I have like Pinterest boards, and then I have, you know, notes, online notes, Evernote, whatever, apps, and I, I collect things which, you know, sparks ideas and, yeah. Right, where do you put your focus? Yeah. <laughs> and then I want to execute it all, and usually it's, if I ever have an idea, I have to almost do it instantly. If I come back to, if I put it in on hold, and then I come back like six, nine months later, I feel like almost the momentum is gone. It's best to, when you have an idea and you, if you can, just run with it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I bet there's a lot of people nodding their heads about that, that mm. uh, like um, so many ideas, where do you choose from? And then yeah. how do you choose what to focus on now? And, but I like that idea, like, at least for me too, there's a, there's one, there's usually one, if I do wait, there's usually one idea that keeps nagging at me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, that one, <laughs> I need true. to pay attention. Yeah. That's true. Actually, there's always one which kind of comes back and I'm like, ah, I still have not done that. How is it possible? And then, it, yeah, you have to, there's something in, yeah. Yeah. Like, Something's like poking mm -hmm. at you. <laughs> um, and then what is creativity? How would you, what would you say that is for you? I think it's really our 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 soul just being free, not overthinking and being innocent without any restrictions of what is put on us when we grow after we grow up. I think it's really that child when you see like a child goes and makes a bow and arrow out of a branch and you know, it's it's so simple, right? But the creative process of solutions, also finding solutions. And I think we, when we when we grow up, that freedom is sort of was not allowed anymore. Society tells us we have to behave a certain way and we have to be much more structured. Mm. So that to me is 
creativity is freedom. Beautiful. And one last one. And again, take this as you as you perceive it. Where is your creativity? Where? In which sense do you ask me? In whatever. It's in my um whoa. It's in my thoughts and my ideas, but no, it's actually a whole body experience. I'm also I I love dancing. I play I play some music, so then it's uh, so you know becomes um it's in my body right but then i give myself just permission just to be free and be creative i don't overthink so where does it where does it sit yeah in my heart and my spirit i think it's mm-hmm. spirit 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 energy spirit energy lovely <laughs> And that is, those are my four main questions. Is there anything, uh, as we close, is there anything that you wanted to leave the audience with that you haven't said or, or want to emphasize? Well, yeah, emphasize. I think we all never should give up our child's play. We should never completely grow up. I think no matter what, we need to stay in touch with that lightness of our being. I think it's essential. Yes. And if we have, we should really find find it again and and be like a child again. I totally agree. Uh, that was so lovely. And thank you so much for being a guest on today's show. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. And thank you again, Claudia Getzelman. What a beautiful soul you are. Listeners, you can find Claudia at two main websites, permission to bloom coaching.com. That's her spiritual coaching site. And her photography site is ClaudiaGetzelman.com. And of course, I believe she's on Instagram, and I will include those links in the description. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Have a good one, everyone, and I will talk to you next week.